You are now tuned in to the Generation Y Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another Generation Y Podcast and today's episode. Alex, what's today's episode? What number we got? 21. 21. Uh, 21, 21. So we've got a good friend of mine, lifelong friend, bro. Uh, Spencer Jackson is in the yes, building sir. today. My guy, how you feeling? Wonderful. Okay, excellent. You look like a, you've been working. You're a grown man. Yes, sir. Yes, That's sir. what's up. Yes, sir, bro. So for one, um, we go way back, right? Yes. Um, we used to wrestle each other up. Um, my house yes. you used to like pop lock and drop it on my mom uh yeah. so <laughs> he said yeah Shelly's yeah. an amazing woman she is that's why i keep her around so uh for one how's corona treating you you doing good throughout this whole good, thing good the steady whole, working the whole pepsi thing hasn't slowed you down not at all yeah so you unload and load for pepsi yes yes sir y'all like a real man yes okay. out in the heat yeah definitely so i want to get into for people who do not know like i know the amazing spencer and who he is you know what i'm saying you've got a pretty dope story yeah yeah <laughs> and you're a survivor, pretty much. Yes, sir. Okay. So, what? Uh, uh, you want to give us a little rundown of like um, from what where you started, whenever you were um, uh, in high school, and like how that was because you're a big wrestler, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you went to college for wrestling, yeah. And, and then what? What was that whole process like? So I started out um, high school, uh, El Reno. Yeah. Um, pretty normal. Um, you know, uh, didn't really drink, didn't really smoke. I focused a lot of it on sports. Um, that was never really my scene. You know, I'd go to parties, but drink every now and then, smoke every now and then. Um, never really did too much. So then I went to college, yeah. and uh, same thing. Didn't I mean a little bit here and there, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, came home from college my sophomore year, and uh, got an apartment with my cousin. Yeah. And uh, one weekend we just decided to try coke, and uh, nothing really led up to it. You know, I talked to a lot of people who. Uh, went through a lot of traumatizing stuff in their life you know rape abuse um a lot of death and i didn't really have that yeah you know i had a great childhood yeah great parents yeah great life and uh and you're an only child so like only child yeah did you feel like that could have been a pressure too you know what i'm saying it probably was a little bit i i see more i see it more now than i did yeah then but um you know, just one weekend we tried that, and uh, kind of like everything else, it just really didn't do it for me. Yeah. I don't know if I was – now I think I was looking for something. Yeah. But uh, whatever I was looking for, that wasn't it. Yeah. So uh following week, my cousin came home from work and uh, had something else. I was uh, – sorry, let me go back – Growing up, I was completely blind to drugs. Yeah. My parents sheltered me from that. Yeah. I was never around anything. So he brought home something, told me to do a line. Yeah. And so uh, I did. 
come to find out it was meth. Yeah. And uh, from about that day forward for four to five years, it was an everyday thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, at the time I started, I had uh, my own house, my own car, had a great job. Uh, that all changed pretty fast. Yeah. Um, I was working out every day. It was big. Um, started doing that, and uh, it kind of went from once every now and then, once a week, to every day. Right. And I went gradually from snorting it, smoking it, to an IV user. Yeah. Wow. And... Uh, once that happened, it all changed. I went from kind of wanting to do it to needing to do it, having to do it every single day. I couldn't function. Wow. And so uh, that went on for about two, three years, and I was uh, using every day. I'd lost the trust of my parents. I'd lost everything. Yeah, yeah. I still had, uh, they talk about hitting rock bottom. Yeah. And uh, I still had a house, still had a car, had a job, uh, had a girlfriend. So for me, I hadn't hit rock bottom yet. Yeah. I, I thought, hey, I still have all this. So I called myself an active user, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a functioning yeah. user. Functioning, yeah, yeah. And so uh, after I'd been doing it for about four years, um, I lost uh, lost my house, so uh, I still had my car, still had a job, still had my girlfriend, and so uh, I still didn't think, I knew I was an addict, but I didn't think I was like the rest of them. Right. I still had stuff. Like you can tr- control it or something? I was still thinking I was controlling it. Yeah. Now, now looking back, my life was... It was controlling you. Yeah, Yeah. unmanageable. Yeah. And so um, that went on for a little while, living out of my car. I had a girl uh, she was using, too. Yeah. Um, We were sleeping in horrible places. Yeah. And growing up, man, I said, you know, I'd see people like that and be like, never be like that. Right. I would never be that. Yeah. Looking in the mirror while I was doing it, I was just disgusted with myself. Yeah. And uh, so still had her, still had my car. Well, uh, I was coming home from the casino one night about 4 in the morning, uh, fell asleep driving, told my car out. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I hit a car so hard that they had to use two wreckers to sit there and pull them wow. apart. Yeah. And uh, I walked away without a scratch. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, looking back, uh, I had a lot of people praying for me. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So I lost my car. Thought I still had my girl. So everything was... crazy how they stick around, even without the car. Come on. And so uh, I still had her, so everything was still all right, I thought. Right, right. And... uh, one day, she had went to go see her son. I got mad and got crazy. It happened multiple times. And I uh, ended up throwing a brick through her 
baby daddy's window. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, through that whole time, I'd never been in trouble with the law, though. Yeah. Everything that I did, I'd never been in trouble. Yeah. And so uh, that happened, and... You must have been pissed. Yeah. Yikes. And now looking back, it was probably over... I don't even remember what it was over. Right. But uh, that was my first encounter with the El Reno Police Department. Yeah. So I took off running. Uh, What? They went out. Were you high? Yes. At the time? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So I ran to my grandma's house. Um, Safest place in the world. That's what I thought. (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) And so they went out to my mom's work looking for me. They went to my aunt's house looking for me. And uh, my mom ended up getting a hold of me. And she said, hey, they just want to talk to you. Yeah, right. I was like, no, I I know how this works. (laughs) And so uh, anyway, I ended up talking to this uh, awesome cop. I wish I knew his name today. But um, he said, you know, we know about you. We know what you're doing, the kind of life you're living. He said, and she wants to press charges. And he said, uh, I've kind of talked her into if you can just leave her alone, yeah. uh, it'll all be done. Wow. So uh, my mom had been begging me to go to rehab yeah. for a long time. But I st- still was living that life, and I wasn't yeah. ready yet. Yeah. And I told her, I never played around about it. I said, I'm not going. I did not want to go. For one, I knew that's when, that's when it was going to stop. That's when the life was going to stop. Yeah. And I had come to the, in my head, I had come to the conclusion that this was my life. Yeah. For the rest of my life, I'll be a drug addict. Yeah. And you're okay with it? I was at peace with it, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, now looking back, that's that, that messes with me. Uh, yeah. To be okay with that is yeah. a place I never thought I'd be. Yeah. And so uh, that happened, and I told her I'd go to rehab. Yeah. And so uh, we loaded up the car. It took me about three days to get in, and uh, I went to a rehab a thirty day, and. Uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me at the time. Yeah. Uh, I put on about 40 pounds in a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got some much-needed sleep. Yeah. And uh, came, I got it, was about to get out, and um, they said, we think you need longer. Wow. They think we need you need to go somewhere. And so yeah. I was over it. I said, I'm not going to do that. You know, yeah. that's all I had to do was get sober this one time. <laughs> right. And everything would like be all right. Thing after that, though. Yeah. yeah, and so I came out, didn't go to meetings, uh, didn't go. I mean, I just actually the day I got out, uh, I went and had a beer. <laughs> Let's celebrate. And so, <laughs> yeah. In my head, I said, if I cannot chew methamphetamine, yeah, I'll be all right. 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 Um, was going over to a sober house. I was living in a sober house. Yeah. And uh, met a girl. And, uh, That's how it works. Yeah, and she was she was cool. Yeah. She And uh, within about a month, she was, I knew she was everything I ever wanted. Yeah. She was sober, uh, almost same sober dates, actually. Okay. 
And so I uh, moved her into my mom and dad's house. Yeah. Uh, That's the one I want. Move her in. Proposed yeah. to her about six months after us being together. Yeah, yeah. Um, she said yes. Um, Thank God, yeah. Within about two months after that, found out she was pregnant with our first kid. My guy. And so um, at the time, that's what I thought I wanted. Yeah. You know, I'd been living crazy, in and out, wild, and that's what I was like, it's time to settle down. That's what I thought. That's how I thought this whole thing worked. I thought there was a pattern, get married, have kids, yeah. work, that's it. And so within about a year, nine months to a year from getting out of rehab the first time, I had a wife and a house and a kid on the way and a job, and it all hit me really fast. Kind of yeah. like, I mean, I don't think I was ready for what I had. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, I hadn't been doing anything, so I started to drink a little bit, um, get off of work, and that's what you do. You know, yeah, you have yeah. a glass of whiskey. Mm-hmm. That wasn't nothing. Well, that started to become an every night thing, and it helped. Yeah, it helped me to get through it. Um, Sorry. Oh, you're good. And so there we go. There we go. There we go. And so uh, it became an every night thing. Yeah. And uh, I still couldn't see I had a problem. Yeah. It was kind of like before. I'm still going to work every day. I'm still doing everything right, what I thought was right. Yeah. And so uh, February 10th, uh, my son was born. And... Uh, that was um, like nothing else I'd ever experienced. Yeah. And I said, that's it. That's what I needed. Yeah. And so I came home from the hospital. Uh, we came home on Valentine's Day. And I bought my wife a bottle of wine and thought it would be, you know, romantic. And so... Uh, I got drunk the night that we brought him home. Wow. Uh, she had had a C-section and couldn't even hardly get up with the kid, and I got passed out drunk. Wow. Still didn't see I had a problem. Yeah. Didn't think I did. And so uh, my wife uh, had to watch me drink every night and uh, went to newborn pictures. He's a month old, something like that. I got so drunk before that they had to make me stay outside. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just another thing. Yeah. Still not seeing the big picture yeah. that it uh, was affecting my whole life. Yeah. I would get off work to come home to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife started drinking a little bit, having yeah. to see me do it every day. Right. Uh, she started to do it. Um, then it went downhill pretty fast. Yeah. Within uh, within three to four months of us both drinking, uh, it was bad. 
thank God that we had grandparents who helped on my son. Because mm. if we didn't have them, I don't know where my son would be at or where I would be at. Yeah. And so even with all that happening, I still didn't see that it, my life was a wreck. Yeah. I was still going to work. It's crazy. And I uh, still had a house and still had a car. Right. And so uh, one day um, I was going to pick him up and uh, wreck my car again, blew out both the front tires and ended up making it back home on a beat up car and pulled in the parking lot and uh, cops show up behind me. And I had a CDL. I was driving a truck for a living, yeah, yeah. and I said, "Man, if I get a DUI, that that's everything." That's over, yeah. And so, uh, long story short, I didn't get in trouble because I wasn't actually driving the vehicle when they came. Dang. And so my mom came and picked me up. Was with my son, and she was like, "Do you not see what you're doing?" Yeah. She was like, you got a beautiful baby boy here, and I just blur. Yeah. Didn't care, didn't care about anything. Yeah. And uh, me and my wife, we were about to get a divorce. I was sleeping on my parents' couch, seeing my son grow up, but not being there. Yeah. And so uh, my wife called, and it was on a Thursday, and she said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go to rehab. I need it. And so uh, I told her, actually what I told her, I said, yeah, you really do need rehab. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So uh, (laughs) that next day, um, I went to work and uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I got a random drug test and breathalyzer, Hmm. and I blew .09 at about 5 in the morning. Wow. Yeah, so... uh, Got fired from that job. Yeah. Same cycle. Yeah. One after the next, after the next. And so uh, I told her, I was like, okay, I'll go to rehab too. Thinking I had made everyone mad around me. Lost trust again. And so I said, mm-hmm. uh, in my head, I said, I'll do this. To just make to get everybody them, else happy. Get them off my back. Yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, Ended up going to another treatment facility, and uh, something was different about it this time. Once I came out of that fog, I saw everything I had. I was like, man, I have a beautiful baby boy, something I've always wanted, and I'm just letting it go away. Yeah. You know, for he was probably a year old when we went, and I, don't, I couldn't tell you... I couldn't tell you when he first walked, when he first talked, yeah, nothing. And so uh, something was different about that time. And so uh, I went through that 30-day and uh, coming up to the end, and I told my wife and the counselors, I said, hey, I said, I'm not ready. I said, if I go home, I will drink again. Yeah. And so uh, I ended up. My wife kind of, she felt the same way, and we had already, you know, kind of put our son on the back burner for so long. I said, I want to do this for him. Yeah. 
So I went to another treatment facility in Arizona for another 60 days. And uh, she was in a women's house. I was in a men's house. And while we were there, found out she was pregnant. Yeah. Dang. And so I, in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, this is how it started last time. Yeah, yeah. The stress, the nerves. I was like, I don't want to do this again. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we get, came home just a little bit early from Arizona and uh, got a house. Uh, we had lost our other house in the process of it all. Yeah. Um, started attending some 12 step meetings. Um, went every night. It's just something about this time. I just didn't want to mess up. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was tired of feeling like a failure. Yeah, yeah. You know, growing up, man, I just I saw family members, friends be that, and I had always said I didn't want to be that, and I grew into what I never wanted to be. Yeah. Wow. And. Uh, Something inside me switched, and uh, so uh, me and her had the same sober date, uh, uh, September 16, 2016. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And so ever since then... Uh, so what's that, four, four years? Four years. September will Congrats. be four years. That's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm proud ne- of you. And then never thinking that I would have that long sober. Yeah. So yeah, being being four four years sober now, like what is, I mean, you say that you you never thought that you would be sober this long, mm-hmm. um, and and I don't I don't even want this whole like podcast to be like a confessional time for you, you know what no, I'm saying? Because yeah. I just I want people to understand that like, I mean, knowing you through this whole process too has been, a mate like even from high school to like you know college age and everything. Every time I would see you, you still like put off like everything was okay and still fun, Spencer, and all that kind of stuff. And so that's the thing um, about an alcoholic, yeah, drug addict, right? We're good at pretending, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. And so, like, through this four year process, like, um, how do you kind of see life now versus four, four years ago? Um, I have a purpose now, yeah. Where before I was just going through the motions, and uh, I honestly believe that uh, God put me here for a reason. And uh, yeah, every single day I wake up grateful. Definitely. Um, to be able to look at the life I have now, yeah, from where I have is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah, and there's a lot of times like you, you'll call me up and we we'll go drive around and have. Counseling session, yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it's a lot cheaper than real one. You know? Yes, it is. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, and I'll say this all the time. You know what I'm saying? But like, I, I I'm proud of you, bro. Of like I everything, that. everything that you've done, and you even taking family into your own house and taking the weight of that. And I know that's probably even more stressful. You wake <laughs> up at what time? Three a.m. Three a.m. Three a.m. to go to work, and like you just yeah. hard working, grinding the whole time, and so. Um, seeing this whole transition, man, has definitely been a night and day, pretty much. I appreciate that. Know? So I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yeah. 
Definitely. Well, you about to say something. What were you about to say? Oh, just talking about my cousin. I was... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I have a soft spot for alcoholics and drug addicts right, now. Right. From when you're in there... Your purpose, that's what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it. I'm... When I was in there, I remember that feeling, yeah. that hopelessness, that, you know, just miserable feeling. Yeah. And now being out of that for just a little bit of time I have, you know, I don't want no one to have to feel the way I felt. Right. And uh, I also know that they don't want to, that they'll change when they want to change. And, yeah. But I still try. Yeah. Sometimes. Definitely, man. And you tell me about those stories, too. Like, you try to give your advice and everything, too. You feel like yeah. you're not good enough to give your advice. But, yeah. like, you got four years of sobriety. So that's, like, that's yeah. some, uh, I would try to take that advice if I was, you know, low. You know what I'm saying? So, um, bro, I really appreciate it. And if there's anything, like, like advice that you would like to give, you know, for, like, one last thing to anybody that's out there that's either struggling like i mean we have a wide range of age group that's like watching this too right so it's like you could walk you could be talking to your high school self or you could be talking to your college age self or you could be talking to somebody you know that's got their own family and but they're still struggling with that you know what i got this under control and right. i'm i i can quit whenever i want type thing like how what, what advice and like thing that you can give to them it sounds so cliche you know but to never try it mm -hmm. there there's nothing fun there's nothing glamorous about it yeah and uh if you do and you're stuck in that life never be afraid to ask for help yeah there are so many people i mean like me you know that are so willing to help yeah and uh Help you try to get better. Yeah, definitely. Don't be too afraid to ask for help. Yeah, yeah. It's embarrassing. Definitely. But if you can ever get over that, there's people out here that love you. Yeah, man. That first step is probably the hardest one. It is. To actually make the effort to change. Especially with me, you know, coming from already getting sober once, that right. shame and embarrassment, you know, you've let your whole family down, but... yeah. I can speak from personal experience that they don't care how many times you've messed up before. That one time that sticks yeah. is worth it all. Yeah, definitely, man. That's what's up. Well, I appreciate you again, bro. I love you. I uh, love you. Appreciate it. I'm glad that you're here, man, and even, like, impacting the community um, within, like, the AA groups and, like, being a mentor for all of them and everything like that. Yeah. And so, and even your own family as well. So, um, appreciate I got to have you on when it's not uh, such a serious conversation. Right, you right. Because this guy's hilarious, okay? <laughs> and so, um, but anyway, man, I appreciate you. Is there any place that people can find, uh, like, um, any of you, like your information about either following you, but or like I know you don't do social media. No, though. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I'm on Jackson. Facebook. <laughs> you guys, you throw out your Tinder account or something. Uh, I do not have a Tinder account <laughs> anymore. Shout out to Beige. Um, so I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much. And for one, be sure to like and subscribe this podcast. It's on everything on Spotify, on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, and everything. Be sure to like, subscribe, and rate and share with your friends. And it, 
Be inspired by people that like are continually to make a daily change. We're all human. We're all um, in this walk of life. And so um, it's great to do it with great people. And so I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to another Generation Y podcast. We'll see you next time. Hey!